Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Failure is not going to kill you. It doesn't have to make you stronger, but it promise you it will not kill you, right? You will not die from falling on your face. You will not wither away from shame. You will not evaporate into the ether. You will just note the thing that didn't work and see it for what it is. Just a thing that didn't work. Failing is super hot these days. Just look at all the TED Talks for proof. Everyone is trying to tease out some lesson or moral from their belly flops. But what if there is no upside to failure? What if crashing and burning is just an unavoidable part of the creative process? I'm Dessa, the host of Work It! The Podcast, a compilation of some of the best moments from the live event. This session was part of the Womanifesto series. They're moments of distilled wisdom presented by people with lived experience and real conviction. Rather than glorify failure or run screaming from it, Spectacular Failures host Lauren Ober will help you just accept it. Here's Lauren. My name is Lauren Ober. I'm the host of Spectacular Failures from American Public Media. Welcome to my Womanifesto. Um, it is, yes, thank you for clapping for me. You can do that if you want. Um, it's called Failing is the Pits, an anti-TED talk. No shade to TED. I'm just saying it's not a TED talk. Um, okay, so I feel like I am uniquely qualified to talk about failure, not only because I host a podcast about it, but also because I have failed at many things in my life. I have failed at being a pizza waitress. I have failed at my previous show. I have failed at heterosexuality. That is not a surprise to anyone looking at me right now. Um, so I wanted to do a little talk on failure because I feel like it's, it's, uh, it, it isn't talked about by enough people who aren't men, right? Or at least it's not talked about in a way that I want it to be talked about. I think when we talk about failure, we get it all wrong. And I think that you only need to look at the vast, vast inventory of TED Talks about failure um, to know that that's true. Honestly, there are like 900 of them, and I watched all of them so that you didn't have to. Um, and so, yeah, this is not a TED Talk, but I'm going to play for you some of the highlights or lowlights, depending on how you feel about TED Talks. The one thing I do so well is I fail well. All of those different points of failure, they gave me knowledge. We managed to change the world, but we failed in our objective. You don't just fail, you're happy about it. What would you do if you could not fail? I have found that failure and innovation are kissing cousins. Why don't most of us have the courage to fail? I've failed over and over and over again in my life. Wouldn't it be ironic if I were to fail at my failure talk? Failure is an intricate part of chasing your dream. Failure. 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 Failure will happen to you. Failure will happen to you. Also, I just put that supercut together to prove that some hosts can produce. Okay. I made that myself, everybody. <laughs> just kidding. My producer helped me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I feel like it's now, we're now overdue for a, a GIF GIF. Um, so thanks, world champion Carly Lloyd. Um, you learn more from failure than you do for success, from success. Like, how did she ever come up with that? No shade, Carly Lloyd, but like, how many times have you heard this? A lot. 
I personally have no use for this type of cheerleading about failure. Here's why. One, I think that it fetishizes failure, right? It's a very Silicon Valley vibe. Like, you had to fail because you ultimately have to lead, you know, the world and you have to dominate the world, right? Um, I, I talked to this guy for one of our stories. His name was Antonio Garcia Martinez, and he wrote this book called Chaos Monkeys, and he used to work at Facebook. And he told me that at Facebook, there are all of these posters, these motivational posters, and one of them is fail harder. And I'm like, no woman or no, no, no person who is not a man made that. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, fail harder. Like, anyway. Okay, so I also have no use for those types of cheerleading talks because I feel like they're like a Christian testimonial. Like, no shade to any Christians. Like, whatever. But it's like this redemption story, right? It's like this sinner who was risen again. Like, hallelujah. And it just it kind of makes me feel queasy. And I'm sorry to my Sunday school teachers. But I honestly, I, I just, I sort of don't buy it. Um, another reason why I'm not really into it is because... These talks assume that all you have to do is pick yourself up and dust yourself off and you're going to be totally fine. It's like the bootstrapping idea, right? But this is contingent on resources and your station in life. It's a privilege, right? I mean, for a lot of people, the sort of picking up and dusting off, it doesn't lead to a better path. So I reject this idea because it doesn't take into effect all of our, our external factors, right? And it assumes that we all have the same access um, to things. Uh my last reason for not being into these talks is they're mostly done by men. Um, this is the biggest issue I have with these talks. Yes, you heard a woman in there, Barbara Corcoran, who is on Shark Tank, which is my favorite show. Um, but I think that women, excuse me, men are given license to fail and they're given room to fail and they are endlessly, endlessly forgiven and allowed second chances and I think that people who are not men are rarely afforded that same leeway. And I could go on and on and on about this because I have many thoughts. But I love men, so don't at me, okay? Um, so here is my thesis for you all. Failure doesn't need an upside. Um, and I'm tr going to try to defend it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure I can. I don't even know if this is like scientific method or it's sound or anything like that. But I feel like failure is just a thing that exists. Um, it is just like any other noun. It's like delight, sadness, anger, elation. It is not special. It's just a thing, okay? Uh, failure is just a necessary part of creative work, right? So if you take risks, you will fail. Creative work is risky. All of us are doing something like that. It's risky. So you're going to fail. If you're not failing, I do not trust you. Get out of here with your constant success. <laughs> um, failure is a totally normal, if annoying, part of being a human, right? So it doesn't need to be fetishized or dreaded. It's just basically like eating or sleeping, or laughing, or crying. It's just like a basic-ass part of existence. And I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's true. Um, because failure is normal, doesn't need a qualifier or a cheerleading squad. Um, so, you know, unless you have issues with things like eating or sleeping, you don't think too much about those, right? And we take them for granted. And I think that failure uh, should be that way, too. No one is doing a TED Talk about eating breakfast or sleeping in bed. Although I don't know. There probably is, but I'd, I, 
I could only go through the failure talks, and that took me days. So who knows? Uh, if there is a TED Talk on eating breakfast, I would like to hear it because I love breakfast. Um, all right. And finally, failure doesn't need an upside because it doesn't need to be a catalyst for anything that is bigger or better. It doesn't need to lead you to the next thing. I think that if you feel like that's what failure is going to do for you, you're giving too much weight to failure, right? You're putting too much pressure on yourself to make something of your failure. And it's just okay. And I'm giving you license. So if you feel like you need to explain this to somebody, you just say, Lauren told me it's okay if failure just exists on its own as its own discrete thing. And it does not have to be a propellant for something or a catalyst for the next dope thing. It just gets to be the shitty thing that you have to deal with. Okay. So story time, kids. I just did that to prove to you that I knew how to do a PowerPoint. Um, so you're welcome for that. Okay, so a little bit about me, if you don't know anything about me. Um, I, I worked in a public radio news magazine for a long time, and then it ended. And that's okay. Shows end. It's no problem. Um, but I was ostensibly jobless. And so my boss at the time asked me, like, hey, do you want to try something new? They had some room in their in their uh, schedule for possibly a new show. And I was like, yeah, why not? So I created this whole new show. It was called The Big Listen. It was first a local show. And I had no clue how to be a host. And if if any of you feel that way, like, I want to be a host, but I don't know how, there's a talk. I think it's later this afternoon or maybe it's tomorrow, but check your schedules, um, about how to step into a hosting role because it's like a totally different thing and you have to have a different mindset. And it doesn't mean you're better or you're worse or whatever. It's just like a different thing. And so I just step into that and I had no clue how to do it. And it was a lot of learning on the job. And then NPR was like, cool, we're into the show, let's acquire it. Um, and I was like, great, like, look at me, I'm so cool, I have a national NPR show, like, what? Like, who's the best? It's me. Um, and I super hustled, and we did a lot of press on it, and I worked, like, my little fanny off. And the stations were like, because it, it was a radio show and a podcast, and the stations were like, um, yeah, we're not putting podcasts on the radio. Like, you're insane. And, um, and so after about 50 episodes, we only had carriage of about 40 stations, which if you work in public radio, you know that that is not good. Um, and it is not enough to make any money. Um, and so after so much hemming and hawing and consternation, the show got canceled, right? Now, here I was, I'm like, I'm a national host. Like, there are so few women who are national hosts. I'm important. And then in a second, it's like, nope, who are you? You're nobody. Like, you're a person with an apartment and a dog and a car payment. Um, that is who you are. Um, and so for months, I had no job. And I applied to every single possible job out there. Like, I probably applied to some of you. To like, I was like, can I be your intern? Do you need a production assistant? I'm like, a dog washer. A dog washer. A do you want me to wash your dog? I was like, a dog catcher, a dog walker. I'll do your laundry. Like, I'll do all of the things. Um, seriously, I mean, every kind. Of, I was like prostrating myself to people like, please hire me for something. I need green in my pocket. And finally... Uh, I got this job uh, with American Public Media, and I auditioned to host this show, which is totally bizarre, um, because I'm a journalist. Like, we don't audition for things. But anyway, apparently I did. But it was fitting because it was about failure, right? Um, and, and I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I know something about it. 
but what was important to me about that moment, that was just a year ago. Like, I came here, I did a talk last year, and I had no job. And I had to get up in front of people and be like, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about, I'm so important. And everyone was like, you're unemployed. And I was like, <laughs> it's so true, it's so true, but I will be employed again. Um, and so I felt like I had to think a lot about this failure, and I was like, you know, it didn't teach me anything meaningful. It just sucked. It just sucked. I learned about the industry, right? But it wasn't like, this is what I'm going to use to catapult myself to the next level. It was like, nope, you just it's just a thing you got to deal with because especially in this industry that is that is new and growing and emerging and it's in this sort of infancy, like we're all going to lose jobs. And we're I mean, I think somebody at, at um at uh, the This Is Uncomfortable mentioned it on stage, like, you're going to get laid off. Like, you probably will. And then you're probably going to get another job. And then you might get laid off again. And then you might get fired. And then, like, you know, I, who knows? I hope you don't get fired. Um, but if you do, like, who cares? Because, like, I've been fired twice. And it's not a big deal. Um, but I feel like, you know, it, it wasn't like, this made me more resilient or, like, better able to, like, deal with everything. It was just like, Fuck. Now what? So now I host a show that is all about big business failure. Um, and I've learned a few things, so I wanted to share a couple of things uh, that I learned from hosting this show. Um, I mean, I've spent the last 10 months thinking about failure, other people's failure, particularly white men's failure. It is very hard. You know, we all want to have, like, diverse shows. We all want to have lots of different voices because that's appropriate because we live in America and America is full of lots of people who are different. There are so many white men who fail in business and very few other people. And that, it, that says a lot. Like, there aren't a lot of women and people of color in business. Also, maybe women and people of color aren't failing. Because we're better than that. So anyway, here are a couple of things that I've learned. Everyone fails. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. No, seriously, everyone fails, so just get over it. Okay, I mentioned this before, but, um, you know, it's just a part of the creative process. Like, it doesn't need to be a bad part or a good part. It's just a part. Who cares? Big whoop. Um, and being good doesn't inoculate you from failure because there are many things, and we know this from TV particularly, like how many of our favorite shows were like critically acclaimed and you were like, ooh, I love this show so much, and then it was just like it made no money, so it went away. That's going to happen in podcasting, and it's going to be heartbreaking, but we're all going to move on from it. Um, so risk breeds failure and you can fail at the status quo too. Who cares? Um, I know I keep saying I'm being very flip about this, but I think that it's an important place to get to where you're just like, it's just a thing. Like it just happens, whatever. Um, okay. Now this is for the millennials in here of which I am not one. Um, Failure is not going to kill you. It doesn't have to make you stronger, but it promise you, it will not kill you, right? You will not die from falling on your face. You will not wither away from shame. You will not evaporate into the ether. You will just note the thing that didn't work and see it for what it is. Just a thing that didn't work. Now, if you truly want to inoculate yourself from failure... Just like make a lot of money and be really powerful because powerful people and people with a lot of money are never taken down by failures. Please see president number 45. Um, that was not a partisan statement. That was just, that is the truth. Um, okay. So it's a GIF gift time again. This is my favorite. Model fail videos are one of my favorite 
No, she's fine, everyone. She's fine. Look at that. Look, she fell right through the floor. Where did she go? Where is she? Oh, there she goes again. I'm telling you, if you're ever feeling like you have a down day, just like Google model fail videos, followed very closely by CrossFit fail videos. Okay, now, if you don't believe me that failure doesn't need an upside, I have a couple of cultural references for you. One of them is our favorite show, Broad City. Now, okay, I don't know if quotidianness is a word, but I don't care, I'm using it anyway, because I couldn't think of a more elegant synonym. No contemporary media portrays the absolute quotidianness of failure like Broad City. Um, so we're just gonna watch a little clip, you know. Going. These are invalid. You girls gotta move oh, them on. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, I got them on Craigslist, so just like. <laughs> Did you just say Craigslist? <laughs> you hoes ain't never heard of StubHub? These are for sure fake. Get out of my line. Go. And how old are y'all anyway? I can't tell because the outfits aren't matching the faces. <laughs> Also, like, after I watched this video, I was like, wait, you're not supposed to buy tickets on Craigslist? <laughs> Oops. You hoes ain't never heard of StubHub. I'm like, that's me. But seriously, I feel like no one fa fails quite as well as Abby and Alana, and that's why we love them, right? Because they feel so relatable. Then there's girls. And I want to read you this quote because I loved it, right? Failure is the bread and butter of HBO's Girls. Other TV programs about women in friendship, Broad City, Sex and the City, even Orange is the New Black, tend toward cheer and optimism, even when the subject matter is painful. But Girls had a bleak worldview. That's from Anya Jeremko Greenwald of Vice magazine, or uh, Vice, whatever. Who knows what Vice is? I don't know. What do I know? All right. So she goes on to write, failure is important because it destroys our childish notions of what life will be. This hurts for sure, but it also leads to other things. Not necessarily bigger or better, but other. Girls celebrates that unknown other. Now, we have to watch a clip. It's okay. I mean, think about it. Like, we were all just doing our best. So. <sighs> our best was awful. Worst, best. <laughs> okay, um, I, I, I was like, oh, this is about the failure of their friendship, <laughs> which is kind of intense. But I also just wanted to nominate Lena Dunham for the Claire Danes Ugliest Crier of the Year Award. Um, and I say that as a notoriously ugly crier myself, but like that is some ugly ass crying. Um, okay, so... I feel like I want to give you a little bit of permission to fail, to fail in whatever creative endeavor you're doing. Um, I feel like, um, you know, people who are not men need to be allowed to fail without feeling like they have to bounce back from it or learn from it. So this is going to be uh, your license. Um, these lovely faces are Elise Spiegel and Hannah Rosen from NPR's Invisibilia. Um, now, when I was putting this talk together, I, I looked all around, uh, I asked a bunch of friends, you know, can we, can you share some of your professional failures with me? And not surprisingly, I did not get a lot of responses. And so I went to these guys because I know that, um, you know, you can loosen them up with, you know, a beer or two. Uh, and they will tell you about all of their failures. And they have some really, really good ones. Um, so a few years ago, they came up with a story they wanted to do. 
so we had this totally brilliant idea, which was a partnership with Breitbart, <laughs> which you obviously know is already going to end very badly. I was like, oh, my God, such a good idea. We're going to do a joint project with Breitbart. And then remember, we brought the NPR brass in the room. And they were like, <gasps> literally, we didn't finish talking. And they were like, no. no. So naturally, they scrapped the partnership part of the story idea, but they forged ahead with the rest of the concept. The story totally revolved around this one person, um, but the person was not calling me back. The person's sister was not calling me back. The mother was not calling me back. Nobody was well, calling uh, me back. Well, originally they said yes. So the sources had said yes, right, but then they changed their mind. It happens to all of us. No big deal. However, this super duo would not be deterred. I couldn't understand it. It didn't seem real to me. So we were like, I'm not going to pay attention to that. We're going to go anyway. Okay. Now I would say that's a mistake, but they pushed on. They bought very expensive tickets to South Dakota. They booked themselves into a hotel for a week. They interviewed a bunch of folks for the story. Then they went to the main source's house. The person who initially said yes and then said no to talking with them. So they went to this person's house. We get in the car and we drive to their house and then... Hannah won't get out of the damn car. (laughs) Okay, so that's not how reporting's supposed to go. (laughs) Hannah is just shaking her head back and forth and like in a no gesture. And I'm like, perhaps it would be a good idea for you to get out of the car. And she just wouldn't do it for like, I don't know how long, like 30 minutes, 40 minutes. And I think at one point I even like offered to go for you okay it was a total failure it happens to me like once every eight years just my mind collapsed and my body froze why did your mind collapse i don't know i just couldn't get out i just i just got totally overwhelmed and i just shut down and i couldn't get out of the car okay now you might be moved to empathy because of this whole situation because that's a really really shitty thing to happen it was like a diving bell butterfly scenario hana was just totally frozen but then Wait, but, did, did I get out of the car? Yes, you pretended oh. to be me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yes, I, I really, couldn't I move. No I was completely frozen. So you got out of the car and you were like, I'm Hannah Rose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Elise pretended she was Hannah. That is not advisable. Do not do that. You got out of the car and you went to talk to the woman. No memory of that. You know, you snuck in the back. You did what a reporter does. You snuck in the back door. You got into the house and the woman was like, no. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, if this middle-aged white lady came strolling through your back door with loads of recording gear, I would probably do more than politely decline an interview. But I digress. Okay, so even though the trip didn't yield a story and cost NPR thousands of dollars and Hannah had a meltdown, the trip wasn't a total bust. I bought a pair of mittens. <laughs> but in the end, that's all that came from the experience. It was a pair of mittens. Not great paralyzing shame, not a deeper understanding of self, not a resurrection or a redemption story, not a catapult into success, not a book deal, not a TED Talk. We did so, so much reporting work. for nothing. Yeah. No reason. We got nothing out of it. Total failure. Total failure. Every single one of you is going to have a failure like this one. Maybe it doesn't cost your company thousands of dollars. Maybe it doesn't cause a huge amount of embarrassment for you. Maybe it doesn't take place in South Dakota, but it will happen. And when it does, 
you're going to shake it off like a little dog that got spooked. And if you can't shake it off, then there's this. That is Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love fame. Now, Eat, Pray, Love goes against literally everything I just said up until this point. That failure doesn't need an upside, and it sure as hell doesn't need a feature film starring Julia Roberts. But I'm going to tell you, this lady's TED Talk is really brilliant, and we are going to listen together. And if you should someday, somehow, get vaulted out of your home by either great failure or great success, then your job is to fight your way back to that home the only way that it has ever been done, by putting your head down and performing with diligence and devotion and respect and reverence whatever the task is that love is calling forth from you next. You just do that and keep doing that again and again and again. And I can absolutely promise you from long personal experience in every direction, I can assure you, that it's all going to be okay. Thank you. So what she said. Um, thank you, guys. Thank you to WNYC Studios, Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the Annenberg Foundation, and all of you for supporting women and non-binary people in podcasting. Also, super thanks to my boy producer, Whitney Jones, and all my bosses in American Public Media. Um, you can check me out at Ober and Out. My show tweets at Failure Show. You can listen to our show. So if you want to talk or you want to ask questions, we can do that. Or you can go, oh, yes, my friend in the front here, you have a question. I have a question about the definition of failure. I mean, some people's failure might not be someone else's. True. So what can you say about how we define failure? Right. No, I think it is a deeply personal thing. I think that's a really good point to make. I think failure is deeply personal. However, in the work that I do in this sort of looking at big companies, like those are very very specific and discernible failures, right? We know the contours of those. They're very, you know, they're they're very clearly defined. But I think an inter like a personal failure, sure. I mean, it, I think a lot of it is how you frame it for yourself. And is this a failure? But I think I want to just try to say, like, it's okay if we call something a failure because that doesn't necessarily have to carry any weight. And we can just say, like, I mean, you can say whatever. I messed up. I, you know, I screwed up. Like, it's a failure, whatever. And I just, I think my point is, like, we do, it doesn't need to have any more power than we imbue it with. At the back. Uh, well, first of all, I'm a huge fan of your show. Thank you. Okay. Um, my question is for like before the success comes, when you're in that like failing place and you're like dog walking and whatever, like how do you frame the failure and you're like where you're at for like other people? Like if you're at something like this and you've just been laid off, like. How do you make Honesty. that not so terrible? Honesty. I mean, I, I truly, truly, like, I think it's just important to own it and be like, yeah, you know what? That sucks. I lost my job. I used to, early, early in my career, I was a print reporter, and I had to leave a job under, under really bad circumstances. I had an abusive boss, and I had to leave, and I had to leave with no job and no opportunity, and I felt truly like I evaporated into the ether, right? Like, I'm never going to get hired again. I was like, I'm a writer, but what am I now? A writer is someone who writes, and I'm not writing, so what am I? I'm nothing, and then it's like, boy, I gave a lot of weight to that job, you know, and it's like, you know what? I still have friends and I still have family. And I still have people who will take care of me and hold me up. And even if I don't and all those people like don't do it, I can do it myself. Um, but a part of it is muscle memory, I think, because I've had the experience of, you know, getting fired, losing jobs, whatever. 
there's a part of you that's like, I know how this plays out. It's not going to have the exact, um, it's not going to have the exact contours, but it's going to be kind of similar. And I know, I mean, it's experience, right? And it builds these muscles where it's like, okay, like, yeah, this sucks, but I will, you know, I'll end up okay. Or, um, and it isn't like, it's going to lead to the next greatest thing. Like it might lead to you to go back groceries and there's no shame in that. I mean, I left a job and I truly did go, I worked it. I left my newspaper job that I like had a master's degree for. And then I went and go and I worked at a, 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 like a store that sells like dented cans that came off the back of the truck, you know? And it was like people trying to get a deal on like discount wine and cheese that was like past sell date and all of this stuff. And I would see my coworkers come in and it was humiliating. But then I was like, what? There's no shame in like bagging your groceries. Like I get a sweet ass discount. And if you're nice to me, I'll give you a discount too. Um, not that that was advised by anybody at my company, but I mean, and I'm not saying like, Ooh, like I, it didn't hurt cause it did, but it's just like, well, you know what? I'd like to eat more than I'd like to complain, you know? So any other at the people in the back? Uh, so I want to know if you can accept, uh, the failure as just a thing that happens. That's just part of it but you're in that really sucky part where you're like trying to accept the failure and you're trying to figure out like what comes next and you're embracing that, like even if you're able to like theoretically embrace the suck, like how do you, how do you avoid crippling depression from setting in? Like at what point can <laughs> it's you a just really say good like, question. Here, here's how I figure out what's next and this is not gonna be this defining moment, it's just gonna be a thing, what, what now? Okay, thank you for that question, that's very important and I do think, you know, sort of, I, 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 I rolled right over that because our mental health um, and how it is tied to how we feel about ourselves in our workplace is like a really big thing. And I hate that they're sort of, they're linked um, because your value does not necessarily come from you as a worker. It's part of it, but it is not the sum total of, of who you are. And so I think that that's part of it to learn. Like, like, you know what, when I'm like, when I'm like 85 years old, you know, I'm not gonna be like, I was the best worker, you know, I'm gonna be like, where are my teeth, you know? Um, no, but, but, but like, I, you know, I have a dog, I have a dog. Honestly, I have a dog. I pet the dog a lot. I go on a lot of dog walks. Like, it's, it's, how do you self soothe? How do you take care of yourself? Like, what are the things that you can do that you still find value in or where you feel like you can put your energy, like have a hobby, you know, like, honestly, if any of you have a podcast that is a hobby, like, please allow me to preach to you for a second. Like, let it be that, um, like, let it be a beautiful, creative thing that you can put your energy into and you don't feel like it has to be the thing that earns you money and all of this. Like, I, I, see, I say this and sometimes it sounds like real asshole-ish, but I'm like, oh, you play tennis for fun? Are you trying to play Serena Williams? Like, are you trying to be in the U.S. Open? No, then why are you trying to monetize your podcast and make, like, big bucks out of it? If it's something that brings you joy and is fun, um, but, 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 you know, sort of backing up, like, I do think having having outlets that aren't work or that it doesn't matter if you fail, right? Like you're learning to play the guitar. Who cares if you're fucking it up? You're learning, right? And and so I think having those things that you can fall back on or like I remember I cooked a lot. 
um, because it was a thing that I could have my hands busy doing. And it's like, I'm only making it for me. So who cares? Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, this is gross. Or if it is, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're the worst cook ever. You'll never make it on Top Chef. It's like, great. I didn't want to be on there anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no, there's no good answer. And it's just like, you have to figure out where you're like, how we take care of ourselves. And I think that that's, you know, we talk about that a lot in spaces like this, like self-care and, and how are you, you know, where's your community? Are you drinking enough water? Like all of those things, but truly it is like, go take a walk. You know, if you can't take a walk, like go outside. If you can't go outside, like watch a TV show, like do any, any little thing. I don't know. I mean, what do I know about any of these things? Like I'm probably going to get fired tomorrow. So I'll be back in the same situation. I'll be like, guys, what did I say in my anti-TED talk? Can you help me? Cause I failed again. <laughs> Anything else? Thanks for all of your questions. I appreciate this. This was like an impromptu little Q&A sesh. It's so cute. Thank you all so much for coming. Thank you for your questions. Appreciate it. That was Lauren Ober speaking at the 2019 Work It Festival. Both the festival and the podcast are produced by WNYC Studios and are made possible by major funding from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with additional support from the Annenberg Foundation. Event sponsors include Luminary, Spotify, Spreaker, Acast, Himalaya, and the Women's Foundation of California. 